Welcome to the Casted Podcast. This season, we're exclusively talking to our customers about how they're using the Casted platform to deliver audio and video that fuels their marketing strategy and grows their business. I've said it before, content marketing is still one of the hardest jobs out there, and we love sharing our customers' unique experiences, which in turn helps our audience find ways to dig deeper into the challenges they face and the solutions they're discovering. I'm Katie Nairns, Senior Customer Success Manager at Casted, the B2B podcast and video platform built by marketers for marketers. And I'll be your guide on this episode of the Casted Podcast. This might sound obvious, but the more you have to say, the harder it is to say it briefly. Well, that's exactly what content marketers wrestle with when they're creating content for their audiences. There's just one problem. They're competing against thousands of B2B brands doing the exact same thing. With so much content vying for attention, you can't expect everyone to set aside a whole hour to watch a video you just published. Worse, the people you're trying to reach the hardest might say, It's not that I think your content won't be valuable. I just don't have any more time in my day to find the parts that interest me. But here's the thing. When marketers deliver the most salient content in a brief and easy to digest format, they're more likely to get their audience's full attention in return for that brevity. It might even be the only way they begin a journey with your brand and go on to engage with more content. My guest today is a big believer in brevity and marketing. As the VP of Content and Data at Cheetah Digital, Tim Glom is not interested in millions of views. Instead, he's looking for a much smaller, yet far more powerful subset, the right 10 views. And he does it by leveraging short, relevant video clips. Today, Tim's going to share how Cheetah's marketing and sales teams are mastering relationship marketing by knowing who's watching and what they're watching. This intelligence allows Cheetah to get the right content in front of the right eyeballs. And it's all about chopping up long form video into slippery, snackable, bite-sized clips. If you think this is a necessary but ho-hum part of marketing, then you've never heard Tim Glom talk about it. Tim, welcome to the stage. Thanks for inviting me onto the stage. I'm excited to talk to you today. I know we've had some some good conversations uh, prior to this, so I'm ex- excited to extend those. Absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be such a good time. So excited for everyone who gets to witness this, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So here we go. So, Tim, I know, I know a lot more about you after just the fi- last 15 minutes of chatting, but um, would you mind just giving the audience a little bit of a breakdown about, you know, who you are, your incredible experience, you know, tell us what you've been up to for you, yeah. you pick the time frame and go from okay. there. Yeah, sure. I'll work backwards. So as you mentioned, uh, I'm actually cheetah digital is an enterprise marketing platform. Uh, I am the VP of content there. And now actually for the wider CM group, CM is a, is a large uh, organization that has multiple products, Emma email marketing campaign monitor, uh, sale through Selligent, Live Clicker, Cheetah Digital. Um, we are an umbrella of brands now. So I am the global uh, head of global content there. Everything video, everything content, everything you know, downloadable from the B two B space. Um, prior to that, I was actually using their their platform. I was a brand marketer, so I've worked at many different brands, private equity firms, direct to consumer, uh, global sporting goods. So kind of in that brand marketing space, and that's how I kind of found Cheetah. Um, prior to that, uh, I was working with Mark Cuban. I ran uh, all marketing for his television network and rebranded it from what was known as HDNet, which was the first ever true native uh, 24-7 HD channel available on TV. Started, I think, in like 91 or so and rebranded that to a mostly concert network, Access TV, in conjunction with AEG, the second largest concert promoter on the, on the planet. Uh, prior to that, I was in television, produced the Jackass Guys, partners with Bam Margera. We did a show, and uh, I'm not sure if anybody uh, in your audience will know it, but uh, I was a cast member, a writer, a director, a producer for a show called Viva La Bam, which was a number one rated MTV show in uh, the early 2000s. And even prior to that, 
uh, I was in management in music. So managing platinum selling artists, touring around the world with bands like Motley Crue, Slayer, Everclear was a big band in the 90s that I worked with. So music, TV, technology, and now I'm just a software guy, I guess. Just a software guy. (laughs) It's so awesome. Like I'm I'm definitely a 90s girl at heart, grew up in the 90s. So like Everclear, love it um and as i told you earlier i mean in high school like i loved skateboarding i loved watching skate videos cky jackass all my all my jam and from what i i saw in uh, just some of my poking around earlier um it sounds like you might have had something to do some things to do with some of the pranks that bam pulled on uh, his parents his uncle a lot of inside jokes that i had with my friends in high school so this is just some great yeah full circle stuff for me today. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I, I grew up as a kid in construction. My father's a carpenter still is today. And, and, uh, they always would say, call Glom. Like even before Jackass, all that stuff, <laughs> man would be doing crazy stuff when something built and they'd say, just call Glom. And, you know, we were buddies. We were on the same skateboard team as kids. He's, he's a few years, six, five or six years younger than me. But yes, when Jackass was born, they were like, call Glom. So, you know, you didn't see me a lot on camera, but a lot of things that required like building or pushing or moving things, uh, I was there. So yeah, poor Ape and Phil. God bless your soul. It was Phil's birthday like two days ago. So happy birthday, Phil. Oh, happy birthday, Phil. So you talked a little bit about your company and what they do at Cheetah Digital. Um, and Cheetah has a couple different podcasts that serve different purposes, right? So, um, and they speak to different audiences. So can you tell us a little bit about each one and, and who they're catered to? Yeah, right now at Cheetah Digital, again, just to, to set it up, we are a B2B company. So we're we're looking to kind of, you know, connect through thought leadership, uh, client case studies, things like that for marketers, brand marketers. Uh, at Cheetah, it's primarily enterprise brand marketers. So American Airlines, Starbucks, American Express, those are some of our clients, the big ones. Um, so we've created a slew of different podcasts, to your point. One, I'll start at kind of the ground level. One is a very practitioner level, audio only. So uh, new features, new functions, product marketing. we got some great gurus who host that and even interview some clients sometimes. And that's like peer-to-peer clients, you know, listening to each other, what they do. Very effective, great for retention with our existing clients. Then we also have The Pulse, which is kind of a cool product-focused uh, podcast, but doesn't just focus on our own technology. It focuses on everything going on in our kind of industry, in our landscape, um, you know, we don't call out competitors. We talk about trends and that's run by the product marketing team and Patrick Tripp over there. And they bring in a music flair. So they talk about music kind of like you and I just did. Uh, so that's fun. And then our, our big anchor, which has, you know, hundred plus episodes, I think at this point is called thinking caps. It basically was born here in the office. Uh, the former CMO and I were drinking buddies. He got me into the company he said, let's do a video podcast. And that is short 10 minute or less thought leadership, reactionary commentary on timely news, things that are hitting, you know, our industry, uh, privacy concerns, new legislation for cookies, all kinds of different things. And that's been a ton of fun because it's been 80% just Richard and I riffing off and reacting to news and things that every marketer has to deal with on a weekly basis, ad age, digiday, you know, Forbes, et cetera. And then 20% are bringing in guests for different reasons. Could be a privacy expert, could be Scott McNeely, you know, a billionaire founder of some microsystems and anyone in between. So those are the three main that we use, but then we also have a ton of internal ones. Uh, I mean, I could go on for, for days on how we're using all that stuff and cast it. So fire another question at me and we'll keep it going. <laughs> Lots of stuff and casted. So you mentioned that these are video podcasts. So why is video so important in your strategy? Okay. Well, first off, selfishly, I'm a video guy. I started, you know, uh, I was working in television 20 years ago. We talked about, you know, Viva La Bam and all these different things, like having fun, pointing cameras at guys doing stupid stuff. All right. 20 years ago, but you can tell a story so much more effectively with video. A picture is worth a thousand words. Totally agree. A video is worth a billion words. So being able to actually visualize what we care about, you know, in our produced videos, even some of our live stuff, we can bring up graphics. If I'm talking about a, a key moment, we know that you can read and hear and see at the same time. All those sensory you know, things are happening and we can bring up key graphics as takeaways. So if you're gonna sit down with us for 10 minutes or 30 minutes, there might be five things I need you to remember at the end. So graphically, video just brings that to life. And um, 
you know, plus it's a differentiator. A lot of companies in the last few years, pre-pandemic for sure, they were kind of in video, but they weren't full blown. They weren't like, you know, they'd be like a couple of video projects a week, maybe a month. We we're a hundred percent video. If we do anything that's recorded and content, it has video behind it. If we do a PDF, if we launch a report or some original research, there's going to be a webinar and a video webinar with it. So we found that video has been a huge differentiator for us in connecting with clients and prospects. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you had also mentioned your internal content as well. And we didn't get too far into that, but I do want to circle back to that. Um, I think you use it for like some training sessions, some different pieces of education, like town halls and things like that. Why did yeah. you ultimately end up adding these to Casted versus another tool? Oh, it's it, whether it's internal or external, Casted has, uh, I'll call it a secret sauce that many other players don't really have. And what it boils down to is the way that you allow us to chapterize videos, right? So, and, and chapters have been around forever. QuickTime had it, Real Player had it, you know, Wistia, all, all the other players have it. But the way that Casted presents it in a video player, and your recent updates in recent months really just even enhance this. The idea is if I'm lucky enough to get you to come watch a video online, I'd win. If I'm lucky enough to get you to watch 5% of it, that's a total high five. If I get you to watch the whole thing, that's like the holy grail. It doesn't happen. Marketers, especially our audience, they're busy. They got a job to do. I mean, I have a job to do. I don't even, I don't even watch all the video we produce. I, I just can't consume it all. So Casted's ability for me to chapterize basically like a book and say, hey, thanks for coming to this Starbucks interview. I just did a Starbucks interview. I think there's like 15 chapters. If you're in IT, you can very quickly on the player, not like scroll across, you know, very, very simply in the player, scroll down, see the topics that are meaningful to you. Watch that two minute, watch that three minute segment, not the whole 30 minute segment. Um, so again, personas, the people we're trying to get, but internally it also works because uh, we're on a big kick internally right now. We, we own relationship marketing. That is what CM group is all about. We are relationship marketing experts and our technology maps to that, you know, meet customers, bring them through an entire customer life cycle of marketing. Some of the leadership, myself, product marketing, we do bi-weekly updates on where our progress is. Where are we going in market? What's the product feature that we added? What's the progression of this whole, you know, big rolling thunder initiative? Well, again, with 2,000 employees, some of them don't give a crap about the marketing, you know, layout. Some of them don't give a crap about the product features. Depending on their role, they can easily go and say, I can't watch this two-hour all-hands but I can look at the chapters that are meaningful to me and get the information that I need. And it's so easy to consume. So that's your secret sauce. Um, I, was, I was very impressed with the casted product when it was audio only. And I called you and I said, I wanna be one of the first. When you launch video, I wanna be one of the first. And I think we were probably one of, if not the first, to roll it out at scale for internal and external use. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because my background prior to coming to Casted was in enablement. And um, I was always about making it easy for the folks who I was enabling to go back and reference material because as much as you want to make it as comprehensive as you, you can from the start, being able to quickly go back and reference something is yes. is amazing. So even here at Casted, you know, we create internal trainings and we create those takeaways. And then it's really easy if someone's like, you know, I remember that that was covered. I don't exactly remember what I'm supposed to do. Going back and referencing that really quickly and being able to skip to that part. Huge. Absolutely oh, it, huge. It's huge. And it, our employees are now trained because we've been using it long enough. They know, even if even if it was something they weren't invited to, if they browse that internal show, um, they'll find an episode and they know very quickly, like if they only have five minutes, they're going to be able to watch one or two little quick takeaways and get something out of it. Um, so they're... They've been trained to kind of go look and, and it's great. And your search feature, like there's a million ways our sales team uses it in a different capacity, which is even more impactful, I think. Oh, and we are going to talk about that. I cannot wait. So you would, I was so glad that you brought up clips. Obviously it's a, it's a huge uh, point of interest for me. It's a huge point of excitement for me. Um, I really want to talk a little bit more about how you're using them. So um, let's just 
you know, I know you have a very specific example that's very recent. Um, I've seen a lot of buzz uh, about it from the newsletters and, and things that I'm subscribed to for Cheetah. Um, but, you know, let's take this one larger piece of content that you publish for, you know, one of your shows or for a customer case study. What happens next? What does that process look like? Yeah. So look, I mean, Starbucks, again, it's a 30 minute interview with a thought leader over there, a 17 year veteran VP in technology. Um, it's, re it's really impactful for us. Uh, you know, Starbucks is one of the largest brands in the world. Every brand would love to be like Starbucks in some way. So getting them on camera, A, was a win. B, you know, having uh, multiple topics in that 30 minutes that meet different personas' needs uh, was incredibly important. What's been really, really impactful, though, are those takeaways, those clips that we create. Because now I've got a global sales team. And I'll give you an example. So there's a fellow, Stuart, over in the UK who – Probably has a, had a prospect who was asking about emotional loyalty. Tim, what do we have on emotional loyalty? Well, not only can I say, well, Stuart, we talk about it for I'm making this up, 90 seconds at this point in it. Here's the takeaway. Here's the link. Share that in an email with your prospect or put it on your LinkedIn page. You know, being able to make that snack, snackable, bite-sized, slippery content, taking 30 minutes and finding the moments that matter, 90 seconds, three minutes on a topic. Um, not only that, our sales team has access to the casted platform as, as uh, members inside, right? Beyond just public viewing. They can go in and do a keyword search, a phrase search. Uh, they can search all kinds of different ways. So that example of emotional loyalty, which you know we're known for being able to go beyond points for purchase and traditional loyalty programs, they can do a quick search on that phrase. Starbucks will come up along with maybe a hundred other clips, maybe a thousand. I mean, they can refine that search and say, this prospect or this client that I'm trying to upsell or cross-sell or even just win told me that these three things matter to them. They can do three quick searches, gather a quick library, and get it to that client or prospect in email form, in a call, on a screen share. They can build clips and playlists, that, literally for a sales call. So now, if you look at a, a library of 100 plus, we probably have 200 plus videos that are meaningful, um, they can now build a playlist that no matter what the client on that sales call brings up or hits them with, they can pivot and say, I got something for you. Not just let me, the salesperson at Cheetah, tell you that we do that really well, right? Because salespeople say whatever they need to get the deal done. I don't care where you work. That's the way it works. <laughs> uh, but when you can pull up a clip of Barbara Spearing from Starbucks saying, yeah, Cheetah Digital is one of our best partners and they do X, Y, and Z for us, even on a screen share call, it's like Starbucks says things were pretty cool. Uh, you know, it just... It accelerates that sales cycle when people buy from people and meaning they buy from the people that that already have your your content. Look at how important reviews are on Amazon and all these e-commerce sites. Justification, third party validation. That's what people are looking for. And cast it allows us to literally bring video to life in short snippets um, so that we can almost get out of our own sales call way and say, I'm not going to tell you anymore. I'm going to let this playlist tell the story of the things you asked. How do we deal with emotional loyalty or whatever it is? It's incredibly impactful. Absolutely. And so if all of these clips that you're creating today, I know that this was something that you were doing before. What did that process look like before you came into Casted to create all those different clips? Yeah, look, I'll name names. We were using Wistia and Wistia was great um, mainly because of the intelligence. Um, we, if a, known, if a known contact came back to our site or a digital property, and they were cookied, cool, we knew they were there, right? Oh, you know, skip from, I'm making this up, skip from Coca-Cola, you know, came back and watched this video. And yeah, we might be able to see a little bit of like, well, they watched 5% of the video. And I'd be like, okay, which 5%? You know, I'm gonna assume it's from the beginning, right? YouTube has this problem with marketers and I don't know why more marketers, when I was a marketer, I bitched about it. Like, okay, uh, six seconds means a view, but my video is 13 minutes, like which, like, Knowing what they watched was what I was trying to get to. So we dump up a large file to Wistia. We put it on the site and we say, great, Coca-Cola came by or Ikea came by or whomever. But we didn't have that much intelligence. With the clips, not only can I look at the intelligence into Salesforce, which casted fixed for us, right? All this, the same stuff we have with Wistia, you know, slightly different, but the same digital body language. Hey, skip from Coca-Cola's here. But not only that, I can look at the clicks because maybe the way Skip even got to the site wasn't organically. He didn't say, oh, I got nothing to do. Let me go look at the Cheetah site. Like 
No, he, he was prompted by a salesperson or a customer success manager to say, please take a look at this 90 second, you know, quote. Now I know which clip he came and watched. Now I know just like Sixth Sense and Zoom Info and all these other great, you know, B2B marketing uh, digital body languages can tell you, oh, Coca-Cola is looking for emotional loyalty. 15 people searched that term from the Coca-Cola Atlanta HQ IP address. It's like, okay, that's cool. All right, maybe we should get in front of them. Cast it takes it even, you know, even closer because now I'll say they watch this part of it. Hey, Stu, they're really researching their emotional loyalty. So what do we do? How do we continue that journey for them? Um, and look, we've hit our numbers in the last two years. Everyone got great bonuses at Cheetah uh, paid out last month. So it worked. And content's a huge part of that story. And cast it's a huge part of our, our tactical play. Hell yeah. Well, congrats to the sales team for congrats to all of you for, for hitting your quota and congrats yeah. to them for their bonuses. That's incredible. Um, talking so much about the sales team, I, I love hearing about this because I always, I know from personal experience and I always hear about meeting the sales team where they are. It's very hard to get them to adopt new tools. It's very hard to get them to uh, work within multiple systems. So I guess talk to me a little bit about, you know, once you had casted, you knew that's where you wanted to house your content. How did you get the sales team using it? How did you train them and kind of drive adoption? Yeah, well, first off, we use Casted to do it, right? We did little screen share tutorials and then we chapterized it and put it into Casted in our internal. I think that was our first show for the internal, you know, show. Uh, first episode for the internal show. Um, but look, I'm going to be real with you. There are a lot of people on the sales team who still have not adopted it. They just are. You know, I, if I had to guess percentage wise, I'd say 30%. Just don't lean on it very, very, uh, like it's not their first go-to or even their top three go-to. But the ones that did are making their numbers, are incredibly efficient and are getting more clients and more prospects through the door. Because like any good tool, look, if you need to dig a hole, you can go buy a hand, you know, shovel for $5 at the local hardware store, or you can get a foot shovel or you can get a backhoe. Like how big is a hole? And when you find the right tool for the job and it works for you, like you're going to stick with it. And what we're finding and what we found in the last year, you get some of those really intelligent salespeople say, this is a tool. I'm going to learn how to use it. You know, Tim on the video said this was going to help me. They adopt it. And then the other salespeople on those weekly, monthly calls gone. I'm not really making my quota, but Skip or Sue, they're crushing it. What are they doing? And it just becomes that trickle down. It just becomes, hey, what are you doing? Well, I use Casted and I do this and I do that. It's like, yeah, I didn't really try that, but let me try it. So the adoption has been um, steady, but there was no mandate at day one of like, hey, everyone needs to go into Casted. We're going to check. And if you're not in Casted, you're fired. Like you, you just have to let people, uh, especially in sales, you got to let them do their do their do. It's my job to give them tools that make their life easier. But sometimes you can lead a horse to water. They're not all going to drink. But when they do, they succeed. And sometimes it's that, you know, peer to peer, you know, someone says, oh, I was able to accomplish X, Y, and Z. I was able to get in the casting and get this clip. This really helped. Um, are there any like success stories that really stand out to you where, you know, one of the sales team was able to leverage casted or a clipping casted and yes. really make an impact on a deal. Oh, you're two. fired up. I love it. <laughs> two. I'll, I'll give Let's you, I'll it. give you, I'll give you two. One is very simple. Um, I knew that casted was working when, and we all have it. We got these giant Slack channels, which are a total pain in the ass, right? I, I must be part of a hundred Slack channels. And I get added to more all the time. Um, you know, please slow down on the Slack people. But <laughs> When somebody needs to go to a particular channel, like, again, I'll use Stu. Stu is great. He's one of our best SDRs here. He's been with us for a long time. And he's just, he's hungry and he knows how to get stuff done. He'll go in and say, does anybody see this? Or someone else will go in and say, hey, do we, do we have any content or do we have a, a paper? Or do we have a quote or do we have anything on this topic? I got a prospect and wants to know how we deal with this. And I knew Casted was working because people like Stu would say, here's a link to a takeaway. And when they start using the terminology takeaway, which is a casted internal terminology, right? Hey, Tim, create takeaways from your larger videos. When Stu and the SDRs who were using it said, hey, check out this takeaway and drop the link, then I knew they adopted it. It was great. So I knew we were on the right track for success. Um, specifically about a deal. <clears throat> I, uh, my personal LinkedIn, uh, you know, Sometimes I'm, I'm heavy on it. Sometimes I'm not. I'm a little light right now. We got to reorg and I'm really, really busy. And I haven't kept up like I should. But last year, 
we were doing Thinking Gaps podcast and we were breaking out small segments, right? So again, 10 minutes is not a long video for a podcast. It's very short, but even some people don't have 10 minutes. Like for me to be able to take a takeaway topic, uh, I'll make this up. Um, why GDPR in America is going to be the downfall of your job. Like that clickbait headline takeaway from a 10 minute podcast. Let's say it was 90 second thought. I dropped that on LinkedIn with that title. And people are like, what are you talking about? Take away my job. I'm going to click on that. What are you talking about? And then you'll watch the 90 <laughs> seconds. Well, I started dropping things like that in my LinkedIn. And an old friend of mine, I mean, this goes back to my music days. She worked in the music business out in uh, Milwaukee and Chicago area. She now happened to be a, 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 a part-time interim CMO at a giant restaurant chain that anyone would know. I can't drop the name, but she said, hey, she hit me on LinkedIn. I hadn't heard from her in a decade. I said, what the hell is this podcast you're doing? And what are all these clickbaity clips you're dropping? You got my attention. In fact, on this one, can you really do what you, what Cheetah, you know, can Cheetah pull off what you said in that 90 second clip? I said, absolutely. She's like, let's talk. So caught up with her, had a conversation. How are the kids? You got kids? Oh, where are you working? Da, da, da. Next thing you know, multi-million dollar contract in less than three months. Now that's just me. I'm not a sales guy. So for me to be able to drop, you know, a very short clip where someone doesn't have to spend 10 minutes, they could spend 90 seconds. And if you title your takeaways and those links correctly, you're going to get people to engage and it happened. And now they're a client with a multi-year deal. So there's more like that, but that's probably one of the, one of the easiest ones. And I constantly remind our CMO like, Oh yeah, that podcast where I dropped the F bomb and beat up on this and that and the other thing. Remember it's booking business. So let me do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just fired up. This is the, like, this is the stuff that really gets me going. So like, I'm like ready to do karate in the garage right now. Um, for those who are listening, if you have any questions or anything, make sure to hit the Q and a section. I saw a few of you already chatting in, make sure to hit the Q and a sec section. If you have any questions that you would like Tim to answer here shortly, but I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> I want to talk about success metrics because you hear so much about grow, 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 grow. Um, you have a little bit of a different perspective. I mean, everyone loves growth, but you have a different perspective on what defines success within a podcast. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about success metrics and what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, um, I have to go back to my prior days. So 20 years ago at MTV, you know, we were getting 3.0 ratings. I mean, millions and millions of dollars in advertising. It was all about eyeballs. We were beating out Sunday nights uh, with college football and, and rehash things. And it was great. Oh, you got great views. You got a ton of people. Mark Cuban, when I went there, it was like, Tim, how do we get all the Rolling Stone fans to come Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern? Because this is a live concert. It's only going to play once. And that's it. There's no appointment viewing. It's not like we're going to have live concerts every Thursday at 8 p.m. like traditional broadcast TV has had us trained to do for, for decades. So those were about mass scale. Like the bigger the number, the, the better. If you could add one more view or one more, you know, Nielsen point to the rating, you were winning. Here, it's a completely different animal. I actually want to see fewer views, mainly Cheetah, again, we're an enterprise enterprise-based business. So if Tony or Sue's pizza place, the mom and pop down the shop wants to watch my content, that's great. I'd love for them to watch it. But when they hit request a demo, instantly they're not qualified. We don't, we don't have a product for them. Now at CM through this merger earlier this year, I do have a product for Sue and Tony. So call me. Um, but in general, the idea was I want the right people looking at our content. I want qualified people looking at it. I'm not I would never, ever high five on a call if like the content team comes and goes, hey, we got 10,000 views on that Starbucks video. I'll go, something went wrong. It's you, you, like the mass market and consumers got a hold of it. So how do we fix that? Like fix the SEO problem. We only want marketers or, or people in our target audience. So big numbers, they don't impress me. It's just like web views or anything else. What Casted has been able to do with us in conjunction with Salesforce, with our, our single source of intelligence, is understand who is coming. So if I only have 300 views on a particular case study in the first month, that doesn't bother me as long as I can see who is actually viewing it and take that information, which the sales team and the SDRs, they have access to all that in Salesforce. They can go, oh, wow, look, so-and-so, they've been on my prospect list. They've been ignoring my emails, but they just watched that video. Okay, now I got a good subject line. 
how'd you like the Starbucks video? Want to see more? Like that intelligence is how we measure success. It's not view counts. It's not time on site. It's not even really like total minutes watch. That would be a consumer-based product, a Netflix product, a, you know, something that's generating advertising from mass views. So for us, it's the intelligence layer that cast it allows us to harness um, and get it into, for us, it's, it's, it's Salesforce. We also have HubSpot, so that data goes in there as well. So that's how I measure success. Did the right people actually know and come and watch a, a takeaway clip or the whole video? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. And yeah, so it's it's 10 of the right audience members versus, you know, 100, 1,000 of just audience members I'll in take, general. I'll take the 10 best prospects over 100 just qualified leads all day long because then this is, look, I, what did I say we're in? We're in the relationship marketing business. That means you have to start conversations. If I asked you, hey, do you love spaghetti? Or sorry, if I asked you, hey, do you eat meat? And you said no. I said, great, come on over to my barbecue. I got all this meat this weekend. You'd be like, you're an asshole. Why, like, didn't you listen to me? <laughs> Same thing. If we can, if, if somebody came and interact with us, came to a webpage, watched a clip, that's the intelligence that's the next level in the conversation. It's a back and forth. So now, rather than me shooting for the moon going, hey, we're Cheetah, we've got these great products, you should buy them. You've started a journey. You watched something or you clicked on something or you engaged with something. And that is my point of, that's my next jumping off point. I can continue that conversation and refine the journey to what you're looking for. And Casted, cast among other technology, non-video, but Casted is our partner for video for that. That's incredible. And I bet it was incredibly frustrating before, too, when you had absolutely zero visibility into it. And that's what we hear so much from our customers is that they can see how many views they're getting. They can see how many listens. They can see how many subscribers. But it's all anonymized. You know, they, they yes. don't have any names, any faces, any brands, nothing. Um, so yeah, I, I can I, imagine I, that was very, very frustrating well, for you. And I still empathize with a lot of our clients, right? Because before I joined Cheetah, I sat in the seat of like, how do I get more eyeballs on this content for my brand? How do I, how do I tell them this is the world's best water bottle and get them to buy it? And you're right. With the deck of death of cookies, with, you know, tracking, uh, you know, in limbo with all this state legislation coming around of what you can and can't do. Who can you track? Who are you bartering and buying third party data from to understand who these people are? I really empathize with the brand marketers who have to reach millions of consumers to turn them into hundreds of thousands of customers, you know, consumers into customers. Um, I empathize with them and I wish, you know, I hope that there's a cast in for that mass market, but right now in the B2B space, it's a no brainer, the intelligence, the flexibility, being able to, to enhance that journey for a particular client or, or prospect. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great kind of lead into, I wanted to talk a little bit about ROI as well, because it's, we hear a lot of, you know, I can't tell who my audience is, you know, I, I can only see growth or I'm really focused on numbers. Um, a lot of people also are really struggling to calculate their, you know, return on creativity, their return on investment. So, and I love your perspective on it and how you've been able to impact your customer journey. So um, I would love for you to kind of dive into what your perspective is on ROI and how you've kind of come to understand it with um, the podcasting that you're doing, working with Casted and all the bells and whistles in between. Yeah, look, uh, there's one that, that was a no brainer for me for, from an ROI perspective, right? Casted is not a multi-million dollar cost center to us. I mean, it's, it's a very affordable um, product. You, you guys, and what I also love about Casted, you're a startup. I mean, you're in Indianapolis. I, you know, your CEO had a great vision and is bringing it to life, but you're a startup, which means you're nimble, you're hungry, right? I've always seen the, the space of, and technology, you e you're either innovating and you're like keeping your customers super excited because you're innovating or you're at this top level where you're like, this is the product end of it. Maybe we'll add a couple of widgets once a year, but we're just scaling. Now we just want like a million customers on it and make our money. Ha 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 ha. At Cheetah, we put 25% of our, of our top line revenue back into research and development. Like we are constantly innovating. That's why I think um, we're better than some of the big cloud marketers who are just big public companies and just scale. They don't innovate. Casted is innovative. We call Adam. It's like, hey, Adam, like, is this possible? He's like, that's a great idea. We didn't. We should have thought of that. Yeah, let's do that. It's on the roadmap. I'm not saying that everything we ask for is on the roadmap. And you should never, Mark Cuban taught me this a long time ago, your customers are never always right. Meaning they have great ideas, but 
don't let them drive your roadmap fully. Um, so you guys have a good blend and balance of that. But when it came to ROI, I looked at the time it took. I knew slippery content was the way for us to get out there. That 90 second clip with that title, right? 30 minute, 30 minute interview, 10 little clips that I can distribute as needed. I knew that's the way we're going to win. To do that in a production world and like go into Premiere and say, oh, great. Thanks for editing that 30 minute sit down interview. Can you now make these 10 clips out? Oh, and by the way, load them up to Vimeo or Wistia or whatever. Now I got all these different URLs I got to manage. Um, oh, and I got a library. Oh, crap. I did making this up. 10 big interviews in the last quarter, but now I have 100 clips to manage. Oh, where's that one clip? Cast has simplified that. It took post-production out of the mix. And right there, the time saving alone meant the opportunity cost was gone. Um, the, you know, now my editors can work on continually creating new content, load it to Casted, you know, the, the transcripts there, very quickly highlight, make your takeaways. Nobody needs to know Premiere Pro. No one has to edit or blade or render or export or upload or manage a list of, of URLs. It's all right there. So that was the biggest ROI for me was getting time back to do more um, with less. Uh, you know, as far as ROI, like I can't say enough. Now, the way that we got the restaurant client, my old friend, like, yeah, we could have dropped that through a YouTube link or a Vimeo link, but I would have had to have created those short little bits. And that takes time. So casted literally, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't looked at casted player, go to cheetahdigital.com under resources, look at podcasts or videos and you'll see it clear as day. You can, there's a tiny little link on every single little takeaway, every chapter, and you can just share that link instantly. That was the biggest ROI for me. Yep. Yep. And takeaways. I mean, like I said, they're my jam. There's so many podcasts I want to listen to. Our customers have amazing content and I can't sit there and listen to every single episode from beginning to end. So being able to go in and boom, boom, boom through those highlights and still get like a great dose of what they're talking about and great yeah. takeaways. Um, yeah. Huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. And look, one other thing that's been a differentiator for us, um, I, I, please, even if you're not in market, like go watch one video um, uh, that's linked off on our website. I try and do comedic funny introductions. Anytime you sit down in a B2B, you got to explain who you're talking to, right? Hey, I'm sitting down with Barbara Spearing at Starbucks. If you don't know Starbucks, they're a giant coffee company started in the seventies and da, 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 da. and you waste that time with like two people in a room. Hey, what do you do? Well, you know, what's your revenue model? Da, da, da. We do these really fun comedic intros. Like on Starbucks, I flew around the city in a chartered plane and kind of like narrate what Starbucks is about, where it's founded and even show off like the big eye and the, and the sports stadium from the air. I, I jumped out of an airplane to start a session. Being able to take that as a takeaway and throw that on LinkedIn for the shock factor of like, hey, I'm sitting down with Starbucks, jumping out of a plane, go check it out. Like that gets attention. So a blend of creative, being able to take that little like 60, 90 second intro, drop that on LinkedIn and then follow up with more like specific topics that we talked about, the meat and potatoes of what we actually wanted to achieve. But we put a creative flair on the front of it. And that also has gotten eyeballs. We've had CEOs from our from brands that deal with our competitors. They don't deal with us. Send emails to our CEO and go, that was really funny. I got to give kudos to you. You know, next time we're up for renewal, we should definitely talk. Your team's doing some some interesting stuff. You got my attention. You jumped out of a plane with Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Like, so get creative. Don't just lean on the technology. That's what bit us in the ass as marketers with cookies. We got too fat eating cookies and we got relying on it. You still have to be creative. You still have to tell a good story. But Casted is part of that technology that can you know, help make that more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I just cut screen in my head to like marketing, having a conversation with Lindsay and saying, we want you to jump out of an airplane on this next podcast episode and just picturing her reaction right now. Man. Yeah. Well, that's uh, good stuff. <laughs> our CMO did it, and that video is on our site. Our CMO did it, and he was he was dropping bricks as we were in the plane. He's like, "We're really doing this." I'm like, "Let's go!" And it was great. Oh we, we literally jettisoned out of an airplane, and we landed in a field, took off our parachutes, and started an entire conference, a virtual conference. It was fun. I just like we're not worthy kind of moment right now, you know. Um, 
this this was absolutely awesome. And again, for those that are listening, if you have any questions that you know you would love Tim to address or expand upon, definitely hit to the hit the Q and A section. I see a few that have already come through. Um, the last thing I'm going to hit you with today, Tim, um, before we jump into Q and A, is um, there's a lot of B2B marketers that are listening today or that will listen. They're either baby content marketers or they are getting their feet wet and they're just trying to become more efficient. So if you could offer a single piece of advice and you've given a, a lot to think about so far, but if you could offer a single piece of advice, what would that be? Look, um, just do it. I mean, it, it, it's a great slogan. It works in all situations. Don't sit on the rails. Don't like, like have conversations back and forth. Should we invest in this? Should we invest in that? Do it. Like if you're thinking about going heavier into video, just do it and, you know, measure it. And if it, if it fails, okay, well, at least you tried. So um, you got to be willing to take risks. And when I landed here at Cheetah, the CEO, Samir Kazi at the time was like, you want to do what? I'm like, just, just trust me, you know, just trust me. And we jumped out of airplanes. We hung out with Tommy Lee from Motley Crue has nothing to do with marketing technology. We did some really crazy stuff. I did our first interview with one of our clients when I got here, we are hanging in trees in a forest. Like it's, you know, it's an outdoor hunting archery company. And we had the interview in full blown camouflage in the forest. And the CEO was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, just trust me. And now like uh, everyone's like, oh, Tim, what are you going to do on the next one? Uh, and now I'm putting other people in, you know, precarious positions and um, just do it, do it differently, put your stamp on it. And I, I'll steal something from, from Barbara Spearing at Starbucks where she told me like, take the heart of of what your company is doing and the head and the head is like, we got to execute it. We need to cast it. We need to like commit and try video, uh, go deep. And the heart is, what do you stand for? Like, make sure that comes out. I stand for fun. Like if you're on my team, I got a global team. I tell all of them, if you're not having fun, like hit the panic button, hit the ejection button, call me. We're going to find a way to make your, your job fun. It's work. We all have to work. You got to have fun. So do it, have fun. Just do it. Love it. Life's too damn short. Oh, yeah, way, way too short. I, we were just talking. Like, I'm almost 50 and I feel like an 18 year old kid. Now, my hamstring injury from skateboarding uh, a couple of months ago would tell you different, but, you know, don't Yeah, it's not so easy to do those things anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Even going to concerts. And, yeah, yeah. Even concerts, you know, headbanging, you're usually stiff in the neck for a couple of days not a week afterwards. So that's the what struggle's real. Advil for, and look, in Colorado, you got a lot of recreational products to fix those problems. So. All right, let's get into some Q&A. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, we have a question from Nicole that says, can you expand on the enablement piece? What tactics have you employed to communicate the resources available and get people to take action? Yeah. So a good one there. I mean, look, you can put spiffs in place. You can put monetary. You can put kind of goals and, you know, dangle carrots in front of people. Sometimes that works. I don't know how your sales team, your enablement team is, is you know, what lever is uh, are they, you know, driven by? What I did very quickly is I went out and found the, I think it was like five people that I knew. I was like, if I can get these five people in two months to adopt it, give me feedback. Why my idea of using cast in these takeaways either works or doesn't. If I can get those five people to do it and get them on board, again, it's back to the trickle down. So it took some time, um, but get those tastemakers, get those like influencers inside your organization on board and you'll win. It's like anything else, you know. If you're all rowing in a boat, you're, you're, you know, you're all going in different directions. You're going to go in a circle. Get those key, you know, those key tastemakers on board and the rest will follow. Awesome. Um, next question coming from Mark. How do you figure out which content to send a customer in the initial outreach? Yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, we here at, at Cheetah Digital and the CM Group, we have what are called first call decks. Um, but usually the suggested content that we're, we're, we're going to offer up to this to the sales or, or biz dev team has to align with what do we know about the brand, right? So the biz dev team is doing a little bit of research. And like I said, we use some tools like Sixth Sense that tells us, hey, you know, Coca-Cola is doing a search for emotional loyalty. That's probably where you should go in, right? We have an email platform. We have an acquisition platform, mobile platform, but we also have a loyalty platform. So, you know, understanding what the client wants and needs. But again, remember what I talked about. 
our teams, either the content team can craft it for them or an individual salesperson can build their own playlist. There's a great playlist feature inside of Casted. So if they're going into the first call and they're like, oh, I don't know what they're going to want to talk about. It's like, all right, well, cool. Set up a playlist and have like 20 options. And if they say, yeah, 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 you're pushing me into emotional loyalty, but realistically, my biggest RFP or the biggest advantage is an email marketing platform. Can we talk about that? Have that in your playlist. Know your playlist. Just like if you're having friends over for dinner, you know, I, I have some friends that come over for dinner. I go right to Slayer. I got some other friends like, all right, Counting Crows. Know your audience, but be prepared. Have those playlists and know what's available in your library. You'll win. That's fantastic advice. And that really speaks to me right now as I've been working on building the playlist for my seven-year-old son's birthday party this weekend. We will have friends. There will be kids. So we're figuring out what kind of appeals to everybody there. And it's actually been a lot of fun. So that that hits me right now. <laughs> I would I would shy away from the Slayer on that one. Pro yeah, probably going to leave the leave the Slayer on a different playlist. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. We've got two more, it looks like, and it looks like we're doing all right on time. Um, whether they're B2B or general consumer, do you listen to any audio-only podcasts, and why or why not? Yes. Um, I. Uh, that's a good question. Do I personally? Uh, I really don't. I do books on tape. I love the HBR series. Uh, you know, Harvard Business Review has some great stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I own all those books, both in hard copy, but just have one on the desk earlier. Um, hard copy and in the, in the virtual world. I do a lot of driving. I put 28,000 miles on my truck last year. I love to drive. I live in the mountains at 10,000 feet in Colorado and I'm constantly driving. So audio is huge for me in that capacity. I can focus on the road, but still take in what I'm listening to. Um, but in general, I am personally, I'm not an audio only listener. I need that visual. I've always been a visual guy. Like if you can show me a start, a stat, a, a chart, something like that. Um, I'm just visually driven. So I don't know, maybe I forced that need on the cheetah, but it's working. Like we're heavy on video and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. By the what way, video podcast do you like? Oh, um, you know, I, uh, there's actually not many video podcasts that I'll, that I'll watch. I'll, I'll go to YouTube, um, for like life hacks and things like that. I love YouTube, man. Uh, there's so many things out there. Like you got a gadget or, or this or that, or you don't know how to do something, YouTube it. And literally like you're a rock star. You don't need a handyman anymore. Um, but, uh, there's nothing that I really watch or listen to on a consistent basis outside of those HBR series that I'm a subscriber to. Awesome. All right. Um, last question. On average, how many pieces of content do your customers touch before they reach out for a meeting? And what do you think that says about Cheetah's marketing team? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I don't know that specific answer. You know, I probably should know that answer. And I think it varies by industry. Um, again, and, and you, you got to put a lot of filters on this answer, right? If, if I'm if I'm Emma email marketing, like you can go and swipe a credit card today online and have an Emma email marketing campaign up for your pizza place, like single location pizza place. Sheeta Digital is completely different. Um, we are really only going after big enterprise brands. So I'll talk in that context. Going after big enterprise brands, um, the industry, we found that financial services uh, is probably the ones that lean forward the most to have calls. Number one, if you ever met an accountant or anybody in finance, they're very matter of fact. They don't dilly dally around. They, they know the cost of time, literally. Like they know what the time costs. So they're not browsing. They're not like kind of in the background, like poking around. They just, hey, can we have a meeting? I want to know if you could do X, Y, and Z. I have a lot of requirements. And, you know, all right, cool. Um, in the retail space, we do see a lot of uh, passive, I'll call it, consumption. Retailers, both the retailers themselves and the brands that are selling into retailers take a for example, I'll say a Walmart and then maybe, you know, this, uh, you know, I think I bought this at Walmart, you know, that bottle company. They are always looking to stay up on the trends and how to connect with consumers. So they consume a lot of content. Um, the average piece before they ask for a meeting, I don't know. What I worry about is, if, and I close my eyes and I say, if I'm back, if I'm that brand marketer, and luckily I have that empathy, right? I was a brand marketer for a decade before I landed here in technology. I'll say, what are my biggest concerns? What are the other whirlwind of the day tornado things I have to do in my job? And, and can someone just put in front of me 
a piece of content that is meaningful. Not like, oh, here are the five email tips for better email open rates. Like that's tactical level. That's not, that's not going to win an enterprise million dollar contract. But if I can say, like I, I talked about in our podcast, Thinking Cast, we talk a lot about it. Oh my gosh, you know, Virginia, Colorado, California, they all passed all this new legislation. How's that going to affect my business? Do I need to go to a master class? If they can get 10 minutes from me going, you probably saw the Wall Street Journal, the, Fur, the Forbes and so-and-so launch this, these articles. I'm going to distill them down what you need to know and what the takeaways are in less than 10 minutes. I just solved their problem. I gave them, you know, hopefully they trust me. And even if they don't know me, they're like, all right, I'll at least give this guy a chance because I don't have time to read all this stuff. And we get to the heart of the matter. So I worry less about, you know, how much content they're consuming. And I worry more about, is my team creating the right content that's differentiated from my competitors? And am I addressing real problems, not beating my own chest going, great, we, we sent 30 billion emails, you know, on Black Friday. Who cares? Like, how are you solving a problem for somebody? If you can solve somebody's problem, they'll do business with you all day long. So make sure your content's solving yep. problem. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I actually lied to you. I said that was the last question, but Nicole Bring snuck one more in. And uh, hi, Nicole. Um, she's one of my customers, so I'm really excited that she's uh, she's digging this. Um, do you invite guests on your uh, aspirational client list? Um, those not necessarily in your pipeline yet. And if so, how do you approach the ask? You know, we've done it a couple of times. Um, mainly because people have reacted to our podcast and said, that's an interesting take. You know, we, we disagree or we agree with your point of view on, on that, you know, topic, whatever it might be. Um, but we have not, you know, and, and uh, maybe I should, I'm, I'm, I'm producing what we call the signals event. This is like our fourth year. It's a big virtual content event. Cast. It's going to be a huge part of that. Um, probably 30 plus sessions for the month of October, every Wednesday in October, you're going to have pre-recorded content, you know, by, by topic, it'll be a huge promotion. Hopefully you see that promotion and you come. Um, that's probably an area of opportunity for me to go out and say, Hey, you don't do business with us, but you want to talk about these topics, privacy, loyalty, email marketing, you know, the death of the cookies. Come on, let's talk about it. Even though we're not doing business, we're wide open to that. The good news is we have so many great clients that want to get involved in our content. Like I got to fulfill that need. Uh, and that's where I've been focused, but Nicole, you got me thinking. Maybe I need to. Uh, maybe I need to put out a Craigslist ad and, and say, "Hey, come talk to us." <laughs> I love it. Customers sharing stuff, sharing ideas—that's what it's all about. I love it. Well, I walked away with a new term that I am uh, really excited about, and that's slippery content. I'm going to be using that like crazy. Um, but thank you so much. Yeah. This was so much fun. I love all of the insight that you shared today. Um, and hopefully it got everybody else's wheels turning a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Look, always happy to do it. Uh, as you can tell, uh, I'll talk for hours if you let me. So uh, <laughs> I'm passionate about this stuff though. That's the other thing. You got to love what you do. You got to have fun. And if you're passionate about it, hopefully that comes out. So happy to do it anytime. And look, if anybody, uh, anybody watching, anybody sees this, I don't care if it's live or, you know, a year from now, if you have any questions, um, hit me up. I'm on LinkedIn, Tim Glom on LinkedIn. Just look at Cheetah Digital, CM Group. I'm easy to find. I'm Tim Glom on Instagram too, if you want to, you know, watch some stuff there. So reach out. I'm happy to answer any questions for anyone. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll take you up on that uh, long talk track uh, next time you're in Indy. So we'll go to Kuma's and we'll head up the Tiki Bar across the street. I love it. We'll go listen to some guar, some metal and have some, some great hamburgers. And that's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. To learn more about Sheeta Digital and all the incredibly cool things Tim and his team are doing with their content, make sure to visit SheetaDigital.com and check out any of their podcasts like Thinking Caps, The Pulse, and Uncaged Wisdom. To learn more about how Casted can help you, visit Casted.us and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get the latest on all things amplified marketing, B2B podcasting, and more.